Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. All right, it is time for Counterpoint. So we bring in John Mraz, former Liberal War Room Director, Bill Hutchison, former journalist, also a professor now at Seneca. Doing the old journalism program there. Indeed. Okay, guys, um, let's listen to uh, Doug Ford today as he made his last pitch to voters today on the campaign trail. It doesn't matter where you come from, what you do, or where you live. Everyone from every race, from every religion, and every way of life is welcome in our party. All we ask for is your trust. There you go. Uh, this, I, I, I tell you, my experience is one of the ugliest elections I think we've seen in this province. Too much mudslinging, too much name-calling, not nearly enough policy. And I think, uh, Bill, as we heard in our previous segment, people were really hungry. Uh, to be engaged in this election. People are angry. They are, but we've been moving towards this kind of election for for years. Uh, it's just been getting more and more personal, more and more polarized. Yeah. The, the political debate is more and more polarized. If you're from a different party, I don't agree with It's more Americanized in that, in that regard. And yes. I would say, John, and, and you might disagree with me, that, that this kind of... Um, this kind of fighting started with the war room for the liberals. With, with Don McGinty, you guys became a really shrewd machine building up the, the, the brown envelopes and kind of doing the hit jobs that have been very effective. But now I think people are just done with it. I actually think Jean Chrétien was the progenitor of Maybe. war rooms, et cetera, during the Clinton era where, the you know, the, the even the term war room was coined around Bill Clinton uh, and... Uh, but we didn't have uh, social media back then. That's, and that's by the way, so when, when Ford was talking trust, he was talking about trust fund and executive of a trust and of a state, right? Well, a case in point. Case <laughs> yeah, in cheap point. Shot. Cheap shot. I mean, really. You notice he's all Should in black. T- you, you know notice the liberals all in black tonight? <laughs> that's not a tribute to Johnny Cash. No. Funeral. No, real. They're all in a state I've, of mourning. I, I've been wearing black since I was three years old. I'm Slavic. Yeah, because that's and, your coal of your heart showing That's through. exactly right. No, look, oh, you're so absolutely cold. right. Sorry. It's vicious out there. It is an endless array of... Un, un, unsubstantiated, anonymous allegations and brown envelopes, and somewhere in all of that gets lost. What are you really going to do for us? Do you right. represent my interests? Do you understand how to run the business that is government and perhaps even save us some money, some of our money? Do you understand that you are our employees, not our dictators, mm-hmm. uh, and that you are not there to, you know, to serve special interests? I'm not sure anymore. Well, well they didn't uh, do that for 15 years. My observation talking to ordinary voters is that I have not met anybody who's excited about any of these three. Now, lots of people are voting in one direction or another. They say Doug Ford's better for me or Andrea Horvath's better for me. I've met I've very had, few people. I've had that discussion with people and say, I don't like any of the three leaders. I said, okay, put, put aside the leaders. Look at the team behind them. Look at the platforms. Sure. And we went through some of the policies and said, okay, here's what this uh, party's promising. This is what this party. And then look at the, the team behind, as I said, who's going to be in cabinet? And when you look at, at the PCs, you look at people like Vic Fidelity and... and uh, Rod uh, Phillips, Peter Carol, Bethel yes. Fidelity, Carolyn Mulrooney, yeah. Christine Elliott. Very, I mean, very there's talented, a lot of good, good, solid team behind. And you know there. that Ford, as Premier, is going to delegate to them. And they are capable and, and absolutely able to, to, to do the job. Yeah, so, and by the way, there's a very stark choice here. As I put out in my monologue, you know, uh, because of Mike Harris, we've got this little thing called the Taxpayers Protection Act. So it forces the parties, they have to put in what taxes they'll raise. And the NDP submitted their letter this week, and they have 
a long list of taxes that they're going to raise. The PCs did not submit a letter because they are not raising any taxes or creating uh, any any new, uh, you know, what do, call, what do we call them now? Fees, Fees uh, revenue tools, whatever we call them now. So that's the stark choice. You may not like the leaders, but you may not like uh, the, the taxes that are brought in by a particular party. Well, I still think it's a stark choice. The, the Conservatives had 15 years to find a leader who could represent well, three, Ontarians well, with some two, experience. They had two months before a hit job was done on the last one. So really. And speaking of hit jobs, yeah. it, you know, we watching what, what happened to Doug Ford, and, and, and I am no defender of Doug Ford, so I have some credibility as Nixon going to China on this too. What was done... <laughs> To him on Monday mm-hmm. by Patrick Brown's sister. Well, that's speculation. No, it came right out of her firm. It's well, not it did, but we can't. Well, unless you have proof of that, it's it's a coincidence. Allegedly, allegedly, but certainly uh, the public coincidence. We're done. Oh yes. no, you can sue me if you like. I've got nothing after this government. Anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that's right. That, that was my party I was talking about. Yes, yes. Anyway, so, no, 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 allegedly. But, but look, whether it was, you know, it probably wasn't done by her, but certainly the firm in which she works were the people who did the public relations on this. You do it on a Monday, two problems with this. One is it's real hit gotcha stuff. And if you were going to do it tactically right, you should have done it right after that silly tape came out about the membership. It's called kicking the story, and you keep on creating Doug. You do it at the very last minute. You don't give the man, Doug Ford, a chance to even defend himself. Well, he can't defend himself, period. For an overworked press to actually dig into the story. He cannot dig into this, period, because at the end of the day, he's got two kids that he's responsible for that he told his brother he would take care of. And if anybody understands how law works and or how these matters work, it's not as simple as him saying, here, here's my financial papers and here I'm going to explain it all. He can't do that. He's got responsibility to shareholders, but also uh, it's not going to prove anything. No. You're just going to look at a bunch of numbers, and and you're asking for the media to dig into this? The media hasn't dug in very much in terms of this election. In fact, what I was saying was, even if the the media had the resources, they certainly don't have the time. And it reminds me of what happened to Ralph Goodale with the RCMP, which was wrong. You remember, right before the end of that Mm. federal liberal election where, oh, that's right, who was in charge again of that? David Hurley. Uh, okay, so this name. is too inside baseball, but wow. okay, but I think this gives us a very um look. The bottom line is, if Doug Ford wins, and you know this, and you know this because you're both in that industry, without question, this is what the next four years are going to be like. They will never let him govern. They will say what they did to Rob Ford. We will never let you govern, and it will be hit job after hit job, and it will be. It'll be I nothing. think that's Doug, not as popular. Yeah, but the point is, it doesn't serve the public. No. It's not what I, I don't, I, it'll Look, get tired real fast. As unlikable as he is to me and many people as coarse or perhaps inexperienced, whatever, you cannot compare him to a guy who lived on a diet of Kentucky Fried Chicken and crack cocaine. All right? This is not the same guy. Right, I know them both personally. Rob Ford was an addict, poor man, etc. You see that he's but evolved. But he wore all that. Do you honestly. Use, right? But again, and he was defending his brother. However, I understand. By the way, has I he evolved? Behind Doug. Has he evolved? In your opinion, has Doug Ford evolved? Of course, he's evolved. I mean, we all evolved despite ourselves. I don't think he expected to be in this position, as you said, until a couple. He was months running for ago. mayor. He was running for mayor against John Tory. John Tory will be holding the Liberal victory party tomorrow night because it won't be. He, somebody has to. Well, somebody's got. I don't know where it's going to be. I'll call John. But, but, but a phone booth down the road. But yeah, I think 
he's evolved. And I also think we had a guy called Mike Harris who really didn't have much experience, as I recall, when he came in. And he was surrounded by some very talented people. He had a very good he bench. He was smart enough good to delegate to the Guy Giorno, Mike McKenzie, bunch of smart people around him. And he listened to them. And the province And he didn't do a bad... I mean, those aren't my politics. I'm more to the center. But I would never say that he was but incompetent. back to Alex's point, no. the media will not let him have the, the opportunity to, to govern no, without sniping, without click, attacking click, a click. personal attack. Yeah, it, it will but, all but, be about hanging out at his house, getting that picture. Honestly, but if the, Doug, and again, and if you, and by the way, if you did that to any other politician where you hunted and hunted and went to the courts every day and got files, and you could do that to anybody. You could do that to Andrea Horvath. You could do that to Kathleen Wynne. There's lots of stories. I remember you, media and, and showing up at Kathleen Wynne's And we all house, said, don't do that. And yeah, they were All of us. So why don't we say the same taking, thing about Doug Ford? How? Why is that? What? Like, why is it okay to go after his family? Because he's conservative. Wow. Okay. I, I don't think that's right. I think. Uh, oh, I think it is. Oh, I think oh, people I think have it gone is. after I think Andrea the, the right side gets, no, 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 gets attacked. No, no, no. Not one person far. in the media has, and nor, they might have on social media, but none of us, and we shouldn't be. And talking I think about people that. have gone after Justin Trudeau. As not a his liberal. kids. Not his kids. Not his personal life. No, we have not. They've gone after him when he makes a spectacle of himself in India. And by the way, just for the record, I, I am very proud. I wrote a lot of opinion columns in my life uh, for the National Post, always taking on the conservatives there. I have never gone out. I've never done an ad hominem attack in my life. I'm very proud of it. I've made lots of mistakes in my life. That's not one of them. I don't think this is right. I don't think it's fair. It's not- I think Rob Ford invited scrutiny because... His behavior. Did he, invite, did he invite the comedians from from uh, CBC to show up on his on his doorstep? He went as and put himself on Jimmy Fallon. Look, there was so lots no. Of, that was long after. There that was, was long lots after. The, the CBC after went Rob after Ford. him and and did that little stunt on his driveway as he's taking his kids sure, to school. But, but again, Would that have happened to any other politician? No, no, no. Look, Rob, Rob, Rob came undone because his his name. But the, yeah. the media helped him and and his opposition <laughs> helped him. And it wasn't until he was six foot under the ground that people were then finally happy when they cried their crocodile tears. Come on, look, I got to take a break. We will pick this conversation up after uh, because Andrea Horvath challenged on her sanctuary province promise, but she can't tell us where she's going to get the money. We'll talk about that next here on Point. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head with Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. You're listening to Global News Radio and this is Counterpoint. We're joined by John Raz and Bill Hutchison as we Talk about all things debatable. And um, Andrea Horvath challenged today on her sanctuary province promise. This is a big thing. It's flown under the radar. It's got big implications because I don't know how we're supposed to pay for it. This is a $2.5 billion promise has not been costed into her platform. And she's promising to fix, you know, health uh, hallway health care. You can't do both. But here's her being challenged by Sue Ann Levy. Your sanctuary city plan will cost $2.5 billion, yet you say you're going to re- relieve hallway medicine. How are you going to do that with a $2.5 billion, which just barely, barely covers medical needs, doesn't cover anything else like dental care and all kinds of counselling supports and welfare? Uh, well, again, I believe that the most uh, most appropriate thing uh, that anybody uh, could expect is that if someone is in dire medical need and they show up to an emergency ward, uh, that we provide them with the treatment that they uh, they require. That is a Canadian value. That's an Ontario value, uh, and it's something that I think uh, most people would agree is the humane thing to do. Right, and we already do that. Yes. Okay. So this is a serious question, and again, we don't get any answers for it. First of all, I, lo- I love Swan Levy. She goes after them and she asks the tough questions, and that's great. Uh, she's also vilified for it. Yes, but not by uh, people who actually read her, her column. 
Um, I, I think she's a great uh, journalist. She digs well, and, and, she, and she asks good questions. But let's go back here, to here. The, this subject. Um, it's not just hospitals. That's that's the the, the dressing uh, that they put out there. But this is every other service. Free tuition. Yeah. Uh, and, and don't think that putting up a neon sign that says we're a sanctuary province isn't going to attract all kinds of people to come in and take advantage yeah, of it. Yeah, you know how nice it's it would be to drive over the Windsor happen. Bridge and you just come on in for a dental appointment sure. or a free yeah, dentistry. hospital. Yeah, like. you've got all kinds of free stuff. And the government already... Uh, will not turn anybody away at a hospital. Yep. That's that's absolutely nonsense. And and refugee claimants who come in here, we do actually offer them financial uh, aid, and we actually look after them. We don't turn people away. About, we, we just we carry their bags across the border, Bill. We actually bus them to Toronto because you know we, we want them to be where they want to be when they look, finally sneak guys, into the country. It is clear that the Politburo will take from everyone according to their ability to be taken and give to everybody according to their false need. I mean, that is really what these people are up to. They are going to tax, as we discussed before the show, the list of taxes that they're proposing because they have to admit what they're going to do by law before Election Day Mm -hmm. is long. They would like to unionize the entire province. They would like to give, I suppose, a pony to every little girl and a gun set to every little boy. Although these days, not these days. What are you talking about? No, no, no. Although these days it might go the other way, and I'm not sure what the colors would be. (laughs) But um, uh, my my point is simply this. I don't think voters are dumb enough to believe that they can have everything that they want and need and like unless they believe that the rich or people who work hard or even the middle class inherently deserve to support them. And there is a group of them out there. There is a very large constituency who who love that idea. Let's tax the rich. Let's keep taxing the rich. Yeah. yeah, it's a very nice soundbite, but, but he, we don't he, have nearly as enough. As, enough I, said, as, as I said, even Bob Ray came to a point, and I remember him saying this line yeah. to me years yeah. after he was the NDP premier. He said, you know what I learned, John? He said, if you want to lay a golden egg, you can't kill the goose. But unlike Bob Ray, I mean, she won't even try to fight it. At least Bob Ray tried to say, hey, you got to do your part to the public sector. And they didn't. And they said, you know what? Yeah. Damn you. But she, she's like not going to say no to anything. So look... Uh, you know, I wanted to talk about Sanctuary Province. I don't think a lot of people even know that it's on her. It's about birds, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a big pet sanctuary Bird for brains, donkeys perhaps. and stuff. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's talk a little bit about this uh, rumor that had been going around, um, uh, reports circulating that there was a very tense phone call uh, on May 25th where Trump invoked the War of 1812, saying that uh, didn't Canada burn the White House as this reason to consider Canada a national security threat? Well, now we learn that it was a leak from the PMO's office, and it was leaked to the you know CNN uh, about this call. But it was actually nothing of the sort. It was actually a a a joke. Yeah, that's um, good diplomacy. Well, yeah, Especially I'm not when sure when you're negotiating with somebody who has a thin skin. <laughs> Let's about... just poke him in the eye so, and then say, "Why aren't you being fair? Why aren't you treating us fairly?" What yeah. What do you mean? Did Trump or did not Trump prove that he's actually read something? Well, there, there's that, but the point is, it was a joke. It was a lighthearted joke, but it was torqued to make it sound like he was being like he didn't know serious and he didn't know anything, and so therefore he gets mocked on CNN relentlessly. But you know, comes out a couple of hours later that it was a joke. It was ha ha. I just you know, I'm not sure it's the time or so place. What to I find interesting, and this is this is happening much more so in the United States, but we seem to be catching up pretty quickly, is the amount of leaks coming out of offices that even ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah. If you leaked when I worked at Center Block in Ottawa, you were just well, they gave you a diaper out of the building. You were out of town, and you were done in politics. And, and you know, it didn't matter that you'd sign an NDA or not. People would find out. And leaking is pervasive. 
Mm-hmm. And it is poisonous, and you can't run a government. It's also spun to benefit one song. Of course, so therefore, of course. yeah, and that's e- why either by you know either what they by the it was fair game or the or by the press, whatever partisanship they in have. In this right. case, in this case, they thought it was fair game. It's it's making Trump look bad. It's mocking Trump. So nobody's going to give us a hard time about that. Nobody's going to call us to task on that because Trump is an easy target. Okay, then, then my second question about this is, so I'm imagining uh, young Justin Trudeau just uh, on the phone with uh, the Donald. Uh, now that kind of phone call generally does not have a lot of people listening to it. You've got maybe two or three of the Privy Council sitting. Mm-hmm. You'd have to have clearance. It's a pretty heavy call. Not even necessarily sure you'd be able to hear what Mr. Trump was saying because you might have the hand set up. So how does this leak from people with that kind of clearance? I guess we'll have to ask the three people in the room, right? Seems to me if I was still a journalist, that'd be the question to ask. And right. I'd completely ignore the War of 1812, because while Canada did win two wars against the United States, they could lick us up in a second these days. Yes, and with yeah, G7 but it was here, British I wouldn't back be doing in 1814, actually, when that happened. Right, but we, we were, you know, we were little <laughs> Brits. Just, just you know, throwing that out there. Having said that, you know, this man is supposed to be coming to our country, uh, you know, tomorrow for G7 meetings. I'm not sure if he's coming, but I just don't know if I would be sticking a, a, a I would be poking him in the eye when we're trying to get a NAFTA we'll, deal. And will terrorist. Justin dress up as a British soldier for the for the visit? <laughs> Maybe. Look, I think I think Mr. Trudeau has finally learned that the act is is wearing thin. But again, the leaks, I think, are a real I think problem. somebody in his office needs problem. to learn that as well. Yeah. The leaks are a problem. Anonymous informants are a problem. And the press is... Like indulging people. What, and by the way, what, this is not a partisan. I don't like it when any political party no, 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 does it because I think it's just. I, I, I think didn't it's, make this partisan. Yeah, no, no. What I'm saying I don't want it to be comes partisan. out of it when this is reported. That if I was a reporter, I would ask myself that question when it came to attacking people's families. I would ask myself that question. Okay, so there's an apocryphal tale that this was said on a phone call that I wasn't privy to, and somebody said that they heard that somebody said. Yes, but they they leaked it to CNN, and Trump has been at war with CNN, so and that, that was obvious. Was CNN was going to grab that and run with it. Right, it's it, that that particular reporter is yes. one that Trump hates, yeah, and they hate each other. So, anyway, guys, I gotta leave it there. I gotta talk about third party play in this election because it was big. But thank you for joining me, Bill Hutchison, and. Um, are you going to be okay tomorrow? Sure. <laughs> sure. Your tears in Still your beard? I haven't cried since I was born. I know. I'll be just yeah. fine. John Raz joining us tonight. I'm Alex Pearson, and this is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.